Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and lived the lives they deserve. Because of this, founders live lives of abundance, freedom, and creativity. That's what I'm really all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa, to failing multiple startups, yet learning a whole lot, to barely escaping alive the war in Ukraine, even living as an illegal immigrant, I've lost everything twice, and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, sharing the wisdom of luminaries I've interviewed on this podcast from Google executives to Amazon, Microsoft, Forbes Technology Council, Harvard, Financial Times, even a priest from the Vatican Church. Everyone is welcome here. So let's begin. My guest today is Dagobert Renouf. Dagobert left a high-paid software job to bootstrap Logology.co with his wife, and his father-in-law doesn't approve of this decision. Logology helps you get a designer-quality logo for your startup in five minutes. Dagobert, how are you today? I'm good today. I'm good today. Like it's a, it's a holiday right now. It's Easter Monday in France, and I love that. It's so quiet. Nobody's working. Nobody's at school. And me and my wife were just working on this startup that we love so much. So it's very enjoyable to work when everybody is quiet around. I know exactly what you mean because I love working at night. And often after midnight, it's so quiet and productive in a way that doesn't happen during the day. So I can imagine that tranquility and to explore your mind on this more relaxed day that leads to introspection, what is a topic or an insight or something that is on your mind these days that you think about a lot because it's important for you? Yeah, right now, I often think about about the war. You know, right now there's the war in Ukraine, and I'm grateful that I haven't been directly impacted by it like you have, for example. And at the same time, it brings a lot of perspective to, you know, what are we doing building a startup, chasing our dreams, and how fragile it all is. Like, I feel like with my startup, it's a game of like, for the past almost four years, doing our best every day, overcoming challenges, never feeling that that safe, and always feeling kind of like, it's chaotic and it's uh, risky, but you still go through it and you still try to, you know, overcome challenges. And I'm like, now with this war thing going on and this threat, although right now the threat isn't that huge, but like it's still present. There's this threat of like escalation and maybe like in the worst case scenario, nuclear war. And I'm like, wow, you know, we're building all this. We're building our lives, following our dreams. But like it all can be, you know, wiped out like very quickly and so it gives me a feeling of that it's so 
that it's kind of like in a way meaningless because like it can all disappear disappear but in a way it's also super meaningful because it gives every day that i have and i'm grateful to be alive like it gives it even more meaning like i'm for example right now i'm very happy of the of the day i'm having i'm enjoying this day it's a day of freedom it's a day of autonomy of working on what i love with my wife as my co-founder as they kind of like very grateful to have that life and enjoy it and so yeah i mean having this uh threat of losing it all is kind of like it's scary but it's also uh i'm also grateful that it makes me appreciate the journey and being lucky to be able to do that you know even more i really understand what you're saying and yes i was living in ukraine in kiev long term and i lost everything there i had to run for my life i had trauma in the beginning but then through introspection i chose to get better rather than be bitter to consider this a forced new chapter or new page in my life and to dive deeper into that because war makes you realize how fragile everything is i will tell you there is that beginning fear when you're building your startup that you might fail and lose everything but i spoke with many successful entrepreneurs who get another fear which is when you have more money than you're used to you worry about losing it also if you invested in the wrong thing or if you keep it in the bank and there is a war or a problem or an yeah. IRS issue. And therefore, this fear is double, where in the beginning you're afraid of not succeeding. And then there is a success fear where you're like, well, if I lose this, I, I it cost me so much that I don't want to restart from the beginning. So they live oh, in yeah. fear as well. What are your thoughts about this? To me personally, I believe we should have something that cannot be taken from us, like the goal of who is the person I will become that is able to create that success. And then that is something nobody can take from you. But of course, when you're successful, you also fear losing it or investing it in the wrong thing or well, like buying apartments and then suddenly there is an earthquake or whatever it is. So they're afraid yeah. as well. Yeah, you know, to me, it's that maybe it's because of like, you know, what I went through in my life, because I went through some very challenging th stuff family wise. And I have this feeling that it never, I mean, it will never be solved. Like the fear you have, like, I mean, the fear I have, the, I mean, it will always be there. And I'm not like hoping that it will somehow go away. I'm more like learning to embrace it more and more. Like I'm learning to enjoy that, you know, it's a tough journey. There's ups and downs. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And I think it's probably going to be similar, uh, maybe even harder, but it's going to be the same thing. If one day, you know, we make 10 times more money, we get somehow like, let's say rich. And then we realize there's all these new stresses. And I feel like, and it actually ties up to the war thing. I feel like the game of life is to always be playing it. And like this fantasy of like, oh, one day I won't have to play the game anymore. One day I will be able to just, you know, chill or whatever. But I feel like it's a, it's a mistake and it's, it's a lie. Cause like once you do that, you kind of like lose purpose and, and therefore you lose happiness. You start being bored. You don't love your life anymore. And 
there's this thing about kind of like like a war but like it, it brings you to the reality even though it's like very traumatic and like you don't want to you don't wish that it happens obviously and you can actually you know you could have less hard thing to go through it would still be beneficial but there's this thing about showing you that like no matter what to do what you do you're never really safe from having to play the game of life and having to show up and having to fight for like living the life that you dream of because like even if you like the example of your friends who have tons of uh, success well there's something that can make all of that disappear and it's not to be anxious it's not to be scared it's to embrace that you're never going to be settled like the life if you stop moving anyway like life kind of ends anyway like you stop living you stop progressing and i feel like it's more about uh making progress from where you are now to the next step that's like the whole game and even if right now let's say i go to step 100 and there's like a, a war going on and i get back to step 10 well whether i'm on step 100 or i'm on step 10 the only thing i have to do is go to the next step it's like always the same thing and it never ends so yeah to me that's that's how i see it i think you're actually in two of my favorite books, there is uh, The Way of the Superior Man. There is a whole chapter about killing the fantasy that there will be a perfect day where you have everything and you can just chill and relax, that that never comes. And if it comes, well, you will feel like dying if you're not doing anything, just sitting on the beach all day. But even more importantly, the 10x rule, which is by Grant Cardone, which I re recommend the audiobook because his energy is really contagious, where he says, when you succeed, the only thing you get is the privilege on working on um, more complicated problems. <laughs> That's yeah. what you get. Yeah, yeah. As you succeed, you get harder and more difficult problems. And that's really what you look forward to, that we should fall in love with things that are eternal, which is the appreciation of life, this present moment, because the present moment is everything, and the person who are be we are becoming, because we cannot control success or the outside reality or anything external. How do you approach this? Because, well, you're an entrepreneur. I know you have your goal of how like the monthly recurring revenue and the yearly recurring or annual recurring revenue and yeah. all that. But really, all we can control is our action. We cannot control the results. So, and that's why there is fear because it's uh, being afraid of things we cannot control. And that's why we fear losing them because we're not as much in control. I will ask about two things. How was luck or coincidence a big factor in your life that you noticed? And secondly, a lot of new entrepreneurs are paralyzed because they're waiting to be perfect before they start thinking there is one right, correct plan that will work every time. How do you open yourself up to failure, to risk, to the possibility of not getting it? What motivates you to go through that? So one is, were there good, lucky circumstances that helped you? And second, how do you deal with that fear that other people can learn to love it and appreciate it and use it? So that first question about luck, it's interesting you ask because I do have 
something to say about that. So like two months after I started Logology, so that was, we started September uh, 2018. Uh, two months after that, my mom died of cancer, pretty kind of like out of nowhere. And so as you can imagine, it was pretty traumatic. And, you know, at that time, we had saved, we had two years of runway to build Logology. And I thought, oh, this is a lot of money. We're going to be able to succeed. And then that happened. And then to be honest, like it caused such a shitstorm uh, with my dad, with some parts of my family like this. I couldn't do anything productive for like three months. And I had to handle everything. I had to handle the funeral because uh, I was uh, an only child to my mom. And I had to do that. I had to go through the, you know, the experience of losing my mom who died when she was 62. We had a, a pretty bad relationship at the end. Uh, but still, it's like losing your mom. It's still like you fall down like a black hole. Anyway, having to go through that and seeing my savings just disappear, like you, like you're not making progress on your startup because like you're too, uh, you know, going through shit. And at the same time, you have to pay for all the stuff related to the to her passing. And basically, all your plans just like shatter like in minutes, like in like in a couple of days, everything just falls apart and all the neat plan of like, oh, within two years, we're going to be profitable. Then you realize you've been six months in and you're not making any progress and you're running out of money because it's going way faster than you thought because of these external events. So that was like what I would define getting unlucky. Now, at the same time, my mom was, uh, she was in debt and like, so that was even more stressful because I had to, you know, to take some of that. And at the same time, uh, because she died so young, she was 62, at the company she worked at, there was like some insurance for it. And I had no idea about it. Even my mom didn't know about it. I mean, she didn't even remember she signed up for that. But like the person who was taking care of my mom at the end, she told me about it. I'm like, oh, you should definitely call them. They, this can be important. And so I called them and I ended up receiving you know, what would be the equivalent of uh, three more years of runway or two or three more years of runway, like out of that, that came out of nowhere and like completely surprising and nobody expected that. And that's what I would call getting luck. You know, that's what I would call getting lucky. And so that's just to give you like this perspective on, uh, uh, and yeah, and like just, just to end that on that note, it's that, well, with this money, we, you know, getting out of like the traumatic experience of having my mother die and then getting this lucky event after the unlucky one that mean that mean we could keep going with the startup because we had some external money come in i mean kind of like i i call it like the angel investor because you know that's kind of like what it is and so yeah to me that's that's my most clear experience of like randomness luck uh bad luck and how in, at the end of it, you're not in control of anything. You know, to be honest, uh, before I got that money and I knew I could get that money, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to a job. It's been like eight months. We haven't made any progress and we almost don't have money anymore. So it's like completely failed. But then I had this lucky thing happened and we could keep going. And eventually now I, you know, we started getting a salary out of it and we're probably going to be able to make it work. So, you know, that's just, good luck and bad luck in a nutshell that I don't control things. Yeah. So I think it could be 
Yeah, I don't know if you want to react to that because I, before I, I answer the next part. Well, that's how I believe life really is. And that's how it motivates me because I remember when I had my first startup, which I worked on two years and it failed and it wasn't like progressing. Well, I learned a lot now. I know the mistakes, but at least at that time, every morning I will wake up and say, today could be the day where something lucky will happen that will change everything. And yeah. that's what kept me motivated, where you're not seeing the results, the things you're doing are not working. I understand that in life, when we take an action, the result can come after many months. So we cannot just say it's not working. Maybe it's not the time for it to work. But what motivated me is the understanding of randomness that, well, you can get lucky today and therefore you should keep trying. And that's what kept me going for a long, long, long time. Yeah, that's uh, I actually admire you that you're able to do that because uh, it's not something I'm able to do. Like I don't, I mean, I, I think of it, I have, I, I have a practice of being grateful, you know, for things that are positive that happen to me. But at the same time, and that's how I'm going to answer the second part of the question. Sometimes it just seems impossible to stay motivated because you just don't see how it can work. Like you, I mean, literally like, so for me, that was like February last year. So February, 2021, I just, you know, it had been almost three years and I just couldn't see how it would be successful. I mean, I had some things, I had like some happy customers. Uh, I knew the product had some value, but I had no idea how we're going to get to a point where we sell 10 times more than right now to start to finally be a bit profitable. Like, how can we go from selling two logos a month to 20 or 30, which is like closer to what we need? And it seemed completely hopeless and impossible. And what kept me motivating, motivated, sorry, was an... So it was a negative motivation. Like at the end of the day, when I had no hope, no idea how we we're going to succeed, the only reason I kept going is not because, oh, I think it's going to work, was I think it could work, even though I don't know how, but I still believe it could somehow work. Like, you know, magically something could happen, like, as you said, like getting lucky. But I kept going mostly because I really didn't want to have a job again. And that's actually that taught me a lot that experience because I used to only focus on positive motivation because it seems more inspiring, you know, like it's more inspiring to be like, oh, yeah, I'm motivated to change the world. I'm motivated to like improve the lives of people, you know, like very positive, high level stuff. And, you know, and I have some of that. But at the end of it, when you don't have any luck for a while, you feel down, you don't have hope. Well, changing the world is like very abstract and what helped me the most was like i got kind of addicted to the freedom of building my own company not having a boss not having to do whatever somebody else wants me to do and just being in charge and having full autonomy to build my dream company my dream life and i have become so used to that after a few years i was like okay i still have some savings and you know I would rather spend to the last, you know, dollar of my savings to keep doing that because I enjoy it way more than having a job. I would rather do this even if it fails at the end and it's all a waste of money 
but it wouldn't be a waste of money because I would enjoy my life more doing that than getting to a job again. And at the worst case scenario, I have, I know I can get a job back, you know, in a few months because I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be working as an engineer and it's easy to find a job in my place. But, you know, so I was like, I can just go all in, uh, even without hope. And I'm, and I'm motivated because I just enjoy it way more than anything else I could do. So even if it fails, it's more enjoyable to me. So that's what kept me going. I agree. And to say it, I'm negatively motivated, but in a way that is unique, I guess, to me, that I'm defiant, where I look at my life and I think, I refuse to have this. I don't care. You know, I will do whatever it takes for me to get the life I deserve because I believe I have a relationship with time that I realize how short life is. And I notice at the end of the day that the day was like five minutes or whatever it is. And therefore, I think, well, if I, the day and life is so short, why would I accept to live it in a life that I don't want or I don't enjoy or I don't like? And therefore, it's the same where I say, okay, if I'm not enjoying my life anyway, I will spend it working <laughs> until I get the life I want and sacrifice whatever is needed so that I will have as many minutes or hours or years or days exactly in that place where I'm at least thinking, okay, I like this. Now it's a good place for me and to be positively motivated. I don't know if you understand what I mean, where there is a level of negative motivation, although yes, of course, it's about not wanting a job and everything, but more it's saying no to life that I refuse to not have the life I want. And then when that happens and it becomes, okay, I have the life I want, how can I make the world better from that place where I'm going positively? So both are useful. What is your comment on this? Yeah, you know, it makes me think of the Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, which is this, you know, psychological concept of a pyramid of needs of like, you need every level, every lower level before you can have the upper levels. So like lower levels are things like food, shelter, safety. If you don't have that, you can't be thinking about, uh, oh, I dream of making a living building products I love. Like if you can't even be sure you're going to make a living, you first need to get that settled. And once you can make a living with like your work or your skills, then you start thinking about, oh, I wish I built my own thing, something that fulfilled me. And then when you do that, you start thinking, how can I also fulfill other people? You know, and how can I help other people? And yeah, I think my realization towards negative motivation is that like it's also acknowledging these lower motivations and not just the higher ones not just pretend like we're just like pure beings focusing on the well-being of the whole world and only that, but also remembering, oh, I also need to take care of myself, what I like, what I don't like, because if I don't do that, I'm not going to have any bandwidth of energy to help others. So it's like, you know, I mean, like it's very basic stuff to say, but like, you know, help yourself first and then you can start helping others and reminding myself of like, I need to help myself first. So I need to make money. I need to, and then I need to be happy. And then I can help the world. 
I love our discussion. I recommend for you, since you want to be aware of all the levels, a book by Don Beck. It's based on the Graves model, and the book name is Spiral Dynamics by Don Beck and his co-author, where they speak about the levels of evolution of consciousness, how, you know, people can be at different degrees of evolution and the higher you get, the more you're aware that all levels are valid in different circumstances and situations, while in lower levels, people think, oh, my way is the correct way and everybody else is is uh, beneath it or not as good as it. So it's about being integral in thinking. Dagobert, really I wish for you to have all your goals and dreams to come true. I encourage your work and your startup and your time with your wife and everything on this beautiful day. And if people want to follow you, to learn more about you, to have conversations with you or just to use uh, your product, what are the best links for them to go? And I'll make sure to write your Twitter in the description as well. Yeah, so I really enjoyed this discussion too. It was very simple and yet very deep. So I really appreciate it. And I'm grateful, you know, we got to meet and we got to do this. Now about the links, there's really it's really simple because I only spend time in two places, which is one is going to be Twitter. So you can find me, you know, you can just type for Dagobert Renouf on Twitter. Handle is Dago Renouf. And that's where, you know, and I try to interact with everyone because because I spend so much time on it, you know, the account has grown a bit bigger now over the last few months. So I have a lot of people, you know, I'm talking to, but it's always enjoyable, like to feel like you're on the journey and it's the same journey other people are on. And you can just, I mean, I can just talk about that endlessly with other people and feel like we're like on this same journey together. So if you're building a startup, if you're like, or you're thinking of building a startup or whatever, I'd love to meet you there um, on my Twitter, either by interacting or by sending me a DM if you want to. And now the second thing, you won't find me directly, but my product, which I'm building with my wife, is called Logology. The website is logology.co. And it's basically me and my wife putting all of, our, all of what we learned and what we know about uh, brand design and designing logos and brand identities for startups that we used to do, especially my wife used to do that for, you know, more than 15 years and finding a way to bring all that meaning and depth about it, but in a way that's affordable when you're just starting out. So it's really about having the same precision, I mean, as close as we can uh, to doing a custom brand design for your startup, which helps you, you know, communicate who you are, connect with customers, and the idea of Logology is to make it fully automated so you can actually just take a quiz about the values of your startup, it takes a few minutes, and then we're going to tell you exactly the kind of brand, colors, fonts, and logo design that match you. And then you can just, you know, buy one of those. And all of these designs were made by my wife over the past four years now. She's designing logos every week. She's designing some right now in the room next to me, adding new logos to our database every week. So eventually, we could help every founder in the world have a beautiful brand identity when they get started. So that's the two main things about me. And yeah, well, you can find out more if you want. Mm-hmm.